Amen. During this week, this Passion Week, we've heard multiple references to the word silence. We've seen silence manifested in Christ as he stood before the Jewish leaders. We saw Christ stay silent before Pilate. We saw Christ stay silent as they spit on him, beat him, crucified him. There was a reference of silence after Peter's denial of how Peter feared the silence of the Lord and that he wouldn't hear from him again or be able to speak with him. We heard the Theotokos, the silence that she didn't want to hear as her son went to his crucifixion. In our own church, we have a sign outside that says, silence your phone. Well, today we come to the tomb and Christ is laying silent, dead in the tomb. The world doesn't know how to comprehend that after the earthquakes and the rocks being split and the sun darkening, the world now stands silent, not knowing what to make of its creator lying dead in the tomb. And as we said during the Cherubic hymn today, let all mortal flesh be silent, standing in fear and trembling, and not think of any earthly things. Today is kind of a in-between day. It's a day of quiet. It's a day of contemplation. And it's a day of looking at our Lord and Savior lying in the tomb. And even though we know the end of the story, if you go back and, as we have during this week, put ourselves into the shoes of the people who walked with Christ, we don't know the end of the story as he's lying in the grave dead. But in silence, it seems that Christ's voice speaks even louder. And while we listen and don't hear much, as sometimes in our lives we don't hear anything, and we wonder where God is, and we complain to God and wonder why our prayers aren't answered, in his mystery and his silence, he's acting. He's acting in each and every one of our lives. The Holy Trinity is, is acting now. They're acting within Hades, and they're despoiling Hades. Hades is in agony because the Lord has descended there. He's descended there through his death to shatter Hades, to shatter death, to make the devil powerless. The bars are broken, the gates are knocked over, the righteous are liberated. It's the great jailbreak. He's liberating everybody down there. There's only one way in which that happens. And we've witnessed it as we've gone through this life. It's through love. And it's not the love that the world likes to talk about and proclaim. It's the love that Christ had of doing whatever was necessary whatever was necessary to reunite us with him. The spittings, he recreated creation. 
as he did when he opened the man who was blind and he spit and he put the clay on his eyes, he recreates mankind. The scourgings, the whippings, all of those sins that are on our backs that we carry with us, he's carrying with him. Being nailed to the cross, he's now united himself not to just paradise, but to go beyond our original paradise, to be in actual union with the Holy Trinity. Love that Christ has is not the love of the world. It's giving whatever we have to the other person. And when we think of that love, that love goes out into the world, it can't be contained by darkness. Christ's light, as it enters that tomb, shatters that tomb. It's light that comes from within. It's not light that comes from without. And darkness can't contain it. So when we think of darkness, we think of things as being fearful, as anxiety-provoking, as worrisome. That's all been eliminated. And if you've ever run across a holy person, there's an air about them that nothing bothers them. They're at total peace. They're in total joy. They don't think about the things of the world. They don't think about their next email. They don't think about their next appointment. They don't think about anything other than the risen Lord. Tonight we will come together and we will celebrate that light. We will come in darkness We will receive the light from Father. We will receive that light. We will take it back in our pews and it will light up the darkness around us. We will then take that light out into the darkness of the world and light up the world around our community. But as it's said in the Gospel, Go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The great commission for all of us is to not keep that light inside of us, but to give that light to the rest of the world. We live in a broken, a fallen, a delusional, and idolatrous world, a world that is seeking all sorts of crazy things, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on Facebook, no matter what they're looking for, especially the younger generation, they need the light of Jesus Christ. And they need the light of Jesus Christ as proclaimed by the Orthodox Church. Because within the Orthodox Church, it's not within the head. It's not an academic pursuit. What the Orthodox Church appeals to are our senses. And during this walk over this last week, each and every one of us have been touched in some way through our senses. Some more than others. But in each way, 
God has spoken to us, whether through something we've seen, whether something we've heard, whether the smells of the church, whether the senses of throwing the bay leaves and the rose petals. It's the joy that we experience. The Christian life to the Orthodox is an experience. That's what we need to proclaim to the world. That's what we need to manifest to the world. That is the joy that each and every day we need to bring to the world. Amen.